Well, I just want to begin by saying thank you for all of your prayers this past week for myself and all of the priests on the retreat for the Diocese of Charlotte. And this is my 13th priest retreat, and I think it was the best one altogether. Um, lots of different reasons for that. Our retreat director was incredible. The weather was beautiful. It was good to be together with all the different priests. And I also chalk it up to the fact that we had perpetual adoration going on here at the parish. And there were a couple of times when I pulled up the security cameras to brag, to show some of the other priests to say, look, we got 12 people in the church praying right now. And it was just so good and knowing that you all are praying, I'm praying with you. It was just an incredible week. And two memories that I think are going to stick with me for a long time that are just wonderful gifts from God. The first one came at one of the daily masses. So the way that we get to have mass together is all the priests of the diocese. So it's at St. Margaret of Scotland is the church there in Maggie Valley where we are for the week. It's a beautiful church. If you ever get the chance to go, I highly recommend it. But the way that it works is the bishop is the main celebrant like I am today. And the priests fill all the pews. So there's like 80-something of us. You know, so all these priests in the church, and then we take turns having a different server or a different lector amongst the priests. Well, on Thursday, the lector was our very own Father Joseph Waswa. And for those of you who don't know him, he was our seminarian for years. He's from Uganda. He stands about four foot nothing. And he is described as some of his best friends as aggressively calm, right? So this is Joseph. And for those of you who are still reading the readings for daily mass this week, we were reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians. And that particular day does not begin, brothers and sisters or beloved, it begins, you stupid Galatians. And to hear Father Joseph Waswa proclaim that to the bishop and all of the priests, you stupid Galatians. And then it gets followed up with, how could you be so stupid? To hear Father Waswa read that, it was a treasure from God that I'm going to appreciate forever. It was so wonderful to have that moment. The second treasure that I got was, you know, just getting to be with my brother priests, right? We don't get that kind of time, and especially with the ones that aren't necessarily, let's say, like my closest friends, but guys I look up to and appreciate, and just being at the meals together, you get a chance to kind of catch up. Well, one of the mornings, I was having breakfast with Father Fidel Melo, who's actually my first pastor, and Father Innocent. And Father Innocent is the chaplain down at UNC Charlotte, and he's been up here to fill in several times over the last several years. And we're just having conversation about various things. And I asked Father Innocent, what's been your favorite church to celebrate Mass in, in the diocese? And I was really happy. He said, Sacred Heart in Salisbury. And of course, I kind of swell with pride. And I'm thinking he's going to say, because it's such a beautiful church. Because it is, and we're so blessed to be here. But what he said was even better than that. He said, I love celebrating Mass at Sacred Heart because the people respond. He goes, you know, when you get up there and you say, the Lord be with you, they actually say, and with your spirit. Like they sing along in the Gloria. Like they're actually there. And it's not just like people are being bumps on a log. Like they want to be there and they're praying along with you. And I got to tell you, that's so much better than just hearing we have a beautiful church, right? And we do. I mean, and a lot of priests, they want to come here and celebrate Mass because it is so beautiful. But I just really appreciated that, and it was so good to hear, and also I think that's one of the reasons why the retreat was so good, 
because I was so looking forward to coming back home, to get to be here with you and celebrate Mass. And I'll tell you, I've just been thinking about that a lot over the last several days and trying to put my finger on why is that? Why are we blessed to have a parish like we do where people respond? And I want to share with you, it's a brief article, and I'm just going to read the whole thing. It's like a page plus, and this is like 16-point font, so it won't last that long. But it's an email I get basically every day, but on Sunday mornings, they're a little bit more reflective. It's from the deep philosophical website, The Art of Manliness. I'm really striving to become a man. So I've been getting this for a long time, and they send these ones out on Sunday, and the one that came out a couple weeks ago... It's fantastic. I've already shared it with some people. And the title of the article is called Covenants Over Contracts. And this is what it says. In the world of sports, when a star player leaves his team for another franchise, hometown fans often feel disappointed and indignant. Yet while we decry such displays of disloyalty in athletes, we tend to approach all of our decisions, even those unrelated to business and career, with a similar free agent mentality. The rabbi, Jonathan Sachs, argued that we can think of life's commitments in two ways, as contracts or as covenants. Contracts, Sachs said, are transactional, while covenants are relational. With a contract, you agree to do X as long as the other party agrees to do Y. If the other party doesn't meet these expectations, or if a better offer or upgrade comes along, you jump ship. With the contract mindset, you extract the maximum value from an arrangement and then move on. With a covenant, you keep your commitment, even when the other party doesn't seem to be living up to their end of the bargain, even when it isn't convenient, even when you feel another arrangement would better meet your needs. It would seem that the contractual approach is by far the most rational. And it certainly makes sense to try to get the best deal when it comes to more economic exchanges. But taking a covenantal approach to marriage, faith, even certain friendships, vocations, and communities can actually offer a greater, if less obvious, value. There are aspects of your character, dimensions of your heart, and parts of your mind, body, and spirit that can only be developed by making thick and thin commitments, by enduring in a relationship, by traveling the path of irrational fidelity. While always operating as a marketplace-minded mercenary can get you what you think you want, it ultimately leaves your soul untouched. As Sachs observed, while contracts may benefit, only covenants transform. Now, I bring that up because I think that's such a good hit at contracts versus covenants. And what we have here, I mean, in the whole Catholic Church, and what we've been given by Christ, but I think we've got our finger on it in a good way that can maybe be intangible, but Father Innocent put his finger on it. We have the covenant approach, and our Lord uses, those, uses that language in the institution narrative. I mean, think about it. When I get to consecrate the precious blood, it's, you know, this is my blood of the new and eternal covenant. 
Christ is not just here to get what he can out of us and then to give us, you know, he gets X, he gives Y, and then we go our separate ways. No. This is one of those thick and thin relationships. This is not merely transactional. And you can see it in our Lord. You look at this gospel, right? You know, we know this one so well. And I got to tell you another fun priest story. I usually like to tell this, we have this gospel on Thanksgiving. But one of our older priests in the diocese, he's retired, not active anymore. But apparently one Sunday when he had this gospel, he said, you know what happened to those other nine lepers? They came here and founded this parish. Wow, thanks, Father. That's the pat on the back we needed, you know? But, you know, it's one of those things where we do show up like the ten lepers, right? I mean, even, like, if you, if you go to the Greek, the words that they use, the Jesus master have pity on us, there is a Kyrie eleison. We just sang that a few moments ago. And as I said, you all responded. It's beautiful. We call out to Christ. But the question is, is, like, are we willing to keep growing in that relationship, to keep giving him our hearts, not just merely, okay, I'm going to say this rosary and then you better do this for me. It's so much deeper than that. Of course, our Lord takes care of all sorts of things, right? Like just a stupid example, but the other night on the retreat, I got all stuffed up in the middle of the night. It was hard to sleep. I couldn't breathe that much. It's like, Lord, please let me get some decent sleep. Eventually I did fall asleep. The next day, my nose is all cleared up. And guess what? I didn't think about the fact I could breathe so well again until last night just before the Mass. Like, oh yeah. Like, we do that stuff with our health all the time, right? Because our life is about more than just health. We are called to know and to be known. He wants a relationship with us, not merely a transaction. And I think sometimes we can forget, yes, Jesus Christ, fully divine, but also fully human. He's like us in all things but sin. And when we give someone a gift, we don't want them to idolize the gift and forget about us, right? Like, you don't want as parents that your kids just think, what's mom and dad going to give me for Christmas this year? And then not think about you any other day except December 25th, right? And it's the same thing when you look at our Lord. And if you look back over the last several Sundays, you look back through the Gospel of Luke, He's telling us that time and again. I mean, just go back and read chapter 15, what I like to call the lost chapter of the Gospel of Luke. He told us about the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. Every time, he's telling us, you know, from the perspective of God, that he's rejoicing when the person is found, rejoicing when the one comes back, rejoicing in their very presence. Even with the older son who's standing on the outside, what does he say? Son, you're with me always. I love you. Come in and rejoice. He wants his relationship there, right? The Mass tells us what we're supposed to do. Tells us how we're supposed to respond. You know, in just a few minutes, we'll have what's called the preface dialogue. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let's give thanks, Lord our God. It is right and just. And then I say every time, it is truly right and just. It is our duty and our salvation to do what? always and everywhere to give you thanks. When you think about that, that ultimately our Lord wants us to be in this relationship with him, to come back to him, to talk to him about what's going on in our lives. And I know when you think about that in light of the way that the second reading ended, right? But if we deny him, he will deny us. 
Okay, at first it sounds like, wait a second, what's going on there, right? But then, of course, it follows up with, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Sort of like this. Think about the sun, the S-U-N, right? It's always shining. It's rising for us. If I decide to rebuke the sun and I go into my basement and I play video games for the next year, I'm going to get pasty white, even more so than I already am, right? It's going to be like away from the sun. I'm going to be away from that relationship. But the sun keeps shining, and if I go back out, I can restore that. It's a silly example, but the same remains true with our Lord. Yes, we can walk away from him, but he patiently waits for us. He's ready to shine his love on us again. And what does he want? He wants our love. He wants our relationship. He wants us to come back and to keep telling him thanks. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, take it from Father Innocent. I think we're on the right path. But in the same way that it's like, okay, you got a group of 10 and one comes back, we've got to each one of us keep doing what? Just like I said last Sunday. Showing up. Why? Because what does he want? He wants our love. He wants our thanksgiving. He wants to be in a relationship with us. He's going to keep being faithful. Let's pray for the grace to keep being thankful and faithful to him. Praise be Jesus Christ.